Okay, let's talk about the spiritual gift of tongues. So we've been doing a series on spiritual gifts, and those are supernatural endowments that God enables Christians to have so that we can do ministry for and like Jesus on the earth. We're going to deal with speaking in tongues today. When the Bible uses the word tongues, it means literally languages. So if you go to Mexico, people speak Spanish. If you go to Korea, people speak Korean. If you go to Quebec, they speak French. If you go to Sachigo Lake, they speak Oji Cree. But what if you go to heaven? Well, heavenese. And so when we're speaking of tongues, we're speaking of languages, various earthly languages, as well as it seems a heavenly language spoken by God and the angels. And when it comes to the gift of tongues, the first thing I want to say is that we reject two extreme positions. One is the Pentecostal position, which essentially states that everyone can and should speak in tongues. We reject that because not everyone can or should speak in tongues. It says in Romans 12:6 that we each have different gifts. So not everybody's going to have the same gift. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, round verse 11, that God the Holy Spirit sovereignly distributes spiritual gifts as he determines. You can't pick your gift and I can't give you a gift. Now, some traditions will tell you if you come forward in church and I'm the anointed preacher and I lay my hands on you, you get the Holy Spirit, you speak in tongues, and I somehow could sort of just give it away like that. Kind of like, you know, coupons. But it doesn't work that way because I can't give gifts. The Holy Spirit gives gifts. You can't pick your gift. So some speak in tongues and some do not. And Paul asked this question rhetorically at the end of chapter 12, verse 29 and 30, where he asks this rhetorical question, is everybody an apostle? The answer is no. And then he asks, well, does everybody speak in tongues? The answer is, well, no, not everybody does, but some do. Now, the other extreme position is called cessationist position. The cessationist position says that no one should speak in tongues and that tongues are essentially not for today. One position saying that God can't have anybody speak in tongues and one saying that God must let every Christian speak in tongues. And we believe that tongues, like all other gifts, are given to some people, but not all people. Now, I can't speak from experience on the gifts of tongues. I don't have it, but I have in the past seen it displayed in other people. When it comes to tongues, there are three different ways that the New Testament speaks of the expression of the gifts of tongues. The reason I tell you this is that one of the great errors is we sometimes just look at maybe one way the Bible speaks. So we're not going to do that. We're going to look at the different ways.
So when it comes to tongues, three perspectives from the Bible, three expressions that I want you to be aware of are these. First expression of the gift of tongues is simply this. It's a prayer language. Those who do and love Jesus, they'll be praying in English and then they will slip into a heavenly language. The language apparently of God and the angels and they're praying in that language. It's a language that is unknown to them and it's a miraculous supernatural capacity that God gives them to speak in this heavenly language in their private prayer time. Paul speaks of this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 14 where he says, I pray in a tongue. I've heard some people say, well, I don't believe there's praying in tongues. Paul says, I pray in a tongue. I don't understand it. Paul says that's what he does. And I believe him. Just like I believe everything else he says. The second expression of the gift is a missionary gift where you meet someone and you don't speak their language and they don't speak yours and God wants you to tell them about Jesus and then God gives you the ability to speak their language. I heard someone speak once. They were on a mission trip in a country. They didn't speak the language, which is kind of odd in the first place. I don't know why you'd go on a mission trip if you can't speak the language. Well, we do have interpreters today, don't we? That's kind of like the lifeguard who can't swim. Anyway, tried to speak it in English, started speaking to these people, and all of a sudden they could speak it in their native language. And those per people heard about Jesus Christ and were saved. I heard that story. We see this illustrated or demonstrated in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, right? There was this huge party festival. All these people get together from lots of towns and villages and cities and cultures and backgrounds of the then known region. And they're celebrating and then God the Holy Spirit drops literally on his servants, on the Christian leaders in that day, and they start preaching about Jesus to the different groups of people in their own language and their own dialect. It's unbelievable ability. It's one thing to just pick up a new language instantaneously, but then to pick up the dialect? Meaning if you're speaking Canadian A, you say A a lot. You're just totally into not only the language, but the dialect talking to a guy from Texas. It's y'all, Jesus. It's like that. And so all of a sudden they're speaking. And you know, in general, these are common people that are doing this. And everybody's looking at it saying, man, these guys are blue collar workers. They're like fishermen. How do they know our language? When did they pick up linguistics and subcultural euphemisms and Southern drawls? Where did these guys get that? Well, it's a miracle. And they're telling us about Jesus, and it says on that day 3,000 people got saved because of the ability to communicate the gospel in the people's own language. The third is a revelatory language. 
So let's say there's a king in another kingdom and he doesn't speak our language and we don't speak his, but he wants to say something to us. So he sends an ambassador to speak on his behalf and then we would need to get a translator or an interpreter to translate or interpret what the ambassador said so that we in English could understand what the king from the other nation had to say to us. This is exactly what happens at like the United Nations meetings. A leader sends a delegate and then there's an interpreter or translator to make it known to others who are there that don't share the language. Well, God is a king and in his kingdom he speaks heavenese. He's got his own language there. And so when he wants to speak to us, we don't speak heavenese. And so what God does, he chooses a Christian to be that ambassador with the gift of tongues. And then they speak the heavenly language. But now we need an interpreter or a translator, someone with that gift that's listed in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 10. The gift of interpretation or translation to then translate that into English so that we know what you know the King Jesus has to say to us, his loyal subjects. So those are the different views of tongues expressed here in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. It's a private prayer language. It's also the ability sometimes to speak to someone in a known earthly language. And sometimes it's an ability to speak the heavenly language. Oftentimes, of course, accompanied with the gift of interpretation so that it can be made known in a known earthly language to those who are listening. That's the definition. And now we'll get into the use next time.